Welcome to the Mama Stay Fit Podcast, Birth Story Fridays. Today we have Chelsea who will be sharing her unmedicated hospital birth where she felt empowered and supported by all involved to include her provider, the hospital staff, as well as her birth team of her mom, sister, and partner. Welcome to the Mama Stay Fit Podcast. This is Gina, perinatal fitness trainer and birth doula. And this is Roxanne, labor and delivery nurse and student midwife. And this is the Mama Stay Fit Podcast, where we empower you on your prenatal fitness, birth, and postpartum return to fitness journey. Our podcast shares how to move throughout your pregnancy to stay strong and comfortable. Pain is not a requirement of pregnancy. Understand the science of birth and how to approach recovery after birth. We share our personal experiences as mothers navigating the stage of lives, plus our professional expertise as birth workers and fitness professionals. Our goal is to help you feel confident as you navigate the perinatal timeframe for an empowering pregnancy, positive birth, and postpartum journey. We are glad to have you with us on this journey and that you've chosen us to support you. Welcome to the Mama Say Fit Podcast Birth Story Friday. Before we dive into Chelsea's episode, let's break down the labor timeline. So what can you expect as your labor is progressing? When should you go to your hospital location? And what are some things that you can do in each phase of labor? So Roxanne, can you break down the stages of labor and those phases within them? Yes. So there are three stages of labor. The first stage is labor. So the contraction phase if cervical dilation and baby moving through the pelvis. The second stage is pushing. And then the third stage is your placenta, which a lot of people forget about that. You have to deliver your placenta as well. The first stage is broken down into four different phases. The first phase is early labor. The second is early active labor. The third is active labor. And then the last is transition as you're transitioning from the first stage of just labor into pushing. Early labor is typically when you start to notice the contractions, but they don't really bother you. You're kind of able to go about your day as normal, just noticing them whenever they happen. The contractions are still pretty far apart, maybe like five to 15 minutes apart, depending on the person, and they don't really bother you. As you're transitioning into more early active labor, this is when you actually need more support during those contractions, but they're still kind of far apart. So usually like five minutes apart still, but you're needing more support during the contractions, but in between you're still able to talk and go about your day as usual. As you transition to more active labor, this is where you're entering labor land. This is where your contractions are like two to three minutes apart and you're needing a lot of support during the contractions. And then in between, you're almost like napping or you're just kind of resting in between. The Gina will typically call this sleepy drunk during this phase. After active labor, you're entering transition, which is this is a time of high stress. So the amount of stress hormones our body is producing during this time is the highest during labor because we're trying to amp ourselves up to push a baby out, but also amp baby up to like be born and start to transition to extra uterine life. So life outside of the womb. So they have to breathe on their own and like figure out how to eat on their own. So all of these stress hormones are there for a reason, but it can be very overwhelming for a lot of us during transition. This is very typical for people to ask for help or feel very confused. There is a wide range of transitions. So some people are a little bit more chaotic feeling and other people look more serene. But most of us are in that middle area where you're just like asking for help and you feel very confused when people ask you questions. And then you're transitioning to pushing, which pushing can take one minute up to four hours, hopefully not four hours for a lot of us, but it is a possibility. And then baby is born, that stage ends, and then the placenta, and then the placenta is born, and that stage ends. 
So we break down all the phases and stages of labor in a lot more depth and give you tools to use during each of those phases in our childbirth education course, which is what Chelsea took during her pregnancy to prepare for birth. So you hear in her story that she says that she was able to recall a lot of the information, which she was surprised by being able to recall it. And a lot of folks that take her course are almost shocked that they're able to retain that information and recall it in the midst of labor. And so that's the really cool part about our course is because we're educating you on the science of birth so you understand what is actually happening. And then you're able to recognize it in your own body, even during your labor, when you might feel like there's no way that I'm going to remember this information. And so because she was educated on the phases of labor, she knew different things that she can do. And you can also be educated on the phases and stages of labor by taking our childbirth education course. Chelsea also took our third trimester prenatal fitness program. And so the cool part about the Mama Stay Fit prenatal fitness program is you can start it at any time because we sync it to your current week of pregnancy. And we have flexible payment options so you can choose whatever works best for you. You can buy the entire program and then you can use it for whatever is left of this pregnancy or you can use it for future pregnancies or and or you can use it for future pregnancies at no additional cost. You can also just buy the monthly option where you just pay for the months that you need. You can cancel anytime. So if you're in your third trimester, you can just do two or three months of the third trimester and then cancel the payment plan. And that's all you need. You can also bundle it with our childbirth education course and pellet for prep program both for the entire pregnancy or just the third trimester. So we do have some third trimester specific programs to help support you because it's never too late to prepare for birth. So now let's dive into Chelsea's episode. Welcome to our Mom Stay Fit Birth Story Fridays. Today we have Chelsea here to share her unmedicated vaginal birth with her first. Welcome, Chelsea. Thank you for having me. All right, so let's just dive in. How was your pregnancy and preparation for birth? Pregnancy was super easy. Honestly, I had a very uncomplicated pregnancy. I didn't have any issues going through the whole thing. The only thing I think I ran into was I did have some pelvic pain pretty bad in the last few weeks. But other than that, like I was able to be active. I didn't have first trimester wasn't even really that bad. Looking back, um, I felt terrible because I was so tired got a little nauseous, but I actually learned if I just kept eating throughout the whole day that I wouldn't really be nauseous anymore. So yeah, it was a really easy pregnancy. Well, that's awesome. And what did you do in to like prepare for birth? I think the biggest thing, um, I tried to lift. I was a personal trainer before I got pregnant. And so I tried to stay within that whole lifting attitude, but the first trimester really knocked me down. And then after that, it was just like scheduling issues, just finding time while working a full-time job and the energy at the end of the day. So I chose to spend the time that I did have just educating myself on what happens during birth. You know, what problems could you run into? What is your body doing? And I feel like that education is really what gave me such confidence during my birth to make the right decisions. So we obviously know you took our childbirth education course to help you prepare for baby. And do you feel that our course did prepare you? Oh, yes, because my sister has four babies, four boys. And so I've been around births, but I had no idea of all of the decisions that like going to the doctor's appointments during the pregnancy, it was like, wow, I have so many decisions that I have to make about this baby, how I want this baby to come out of my body. 
And so taking that course, like y'all did such an amazing job at like breaking it down and like allowing the the person taking the course to have an informed decision because you gave all of the options. It wasn't preferential. So I loved that I felt, okay, well, if this happens, I think I would want to go this route. And so, yeah, I think it it helped exponentially. Awesome. Well, we love hearing that. Um, obviously, we worked really hard on it. So we love hearing that it was helpful for your birth. So tell us your birth story. How was your birth? Gosh, magical. Um, well, <laughs> I started um, having contractions on December 7th. Uh, my due date was December 12th. So the contractions on Wednesday evening were really light. I was making a bigger deal of them than they really were because I wanted them to be like I was ready. I wanted to be in labor, but really it was not that big of a deal. Um, so I went to bed, woke up around 3 a.m. with a really strong contraction. And it was kind of this moment of thinking like, is this a contraction? Because I didn't really have Braxton Hicks very much. So I wasn't sure. Um, but then I got up to use the restroom and had a little bit of bloody show. I was like, oh my gosh, I think this is this is it. So I started timing them and sleeping in between. They're only about half an hour apart. Woke up around 6 a.m., told my husband, go ahead and call into work. They're about 10 minutes apart at this point. I'm going to take a shower and clean the house and clock into work because I had my last day of work before I go on maternity leave. So I told my boss, like, I'm in labor, but it's like super chill. It's not a big deal. I'm going to finish the day real quick. (laughs) That was something that I also picked up from y'all's course is like, I know I'm nowhere near wanting to go to the hospital. Like, I'm just going to chill here. So my mom and my sister headed over around 8 a.m., we hung out. My sister's labors have always been really fast. My mom's too. And so we were kind of expecting mine to be the same. But my early labor lasted a long time. Uh, we went for long walks. I was rocking back and forth on the labor ball, eating, making sure I was staying fueled. And around 1.30 in the afternoon, my sister's like, okay, I think I'm going to go home and check on my kids because nothing's really happening here and I'm bored. So call me when you actually go into labor and I'll come back. And I was like, okay. I come back to my bedroom and use the bathroom and I come back out and I'm like, I don't think you should go anywhere because the contractions immediately started getting really strong. So we waited for about another hour and they stayed about six or seven minutes apart, called the hospital. We're about half an hour from the hospital. So they said, I'd wait 30 more minutes. If they stay in this time range, I would go ahead and make your way in. So around 3.30, we pack up the car and head into And of course, in the car, they're now like three minutes apart. And even just that 25-ish minute drive, which it was a little bit longer than it should have been, which is my fault. I told my husband to take the wrong exit. Why was I giving directions? I don't know. But the contractions were terrible in the car. They were terrible. I hated every second of it. We get to the hospital and my husband's like, okay, I'm going to drop you off at the door with your mom and your sister. And I was like, no, 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 no. I want to walk. And he was like, why? And I'm like, I just think it'll be good for me. I just want to walk. So we parked in the parking garage and it took us forever to get to labor and delivery because I had to stop every three minutes and have a contraction. We get in, they check us in, we get into the room. By the time that they get all of the paperwork done, I'm already well into active labor. I can't even finish signing the paperwork. My husband had to finish because the contractions were coming so quickly and they were so intense. So uh, we turn on my oil diffuser, we turn on some worship music, we turn off the lights. They let me have the wireless monitor so I could move as I please. And basically the only two positions that I was in, I was either on the labor ball rocking 
back and forth or I was on my hands and my knees on the bed rocking back and forth. My mom was kind of like semi freaking out because I wasn't talking. My husband and my sister were just taking cold rags to my back because I was so hot in that room. They checked me when I first got in. I was four and a half centimeters and that was at four, four thirty. By seven o'clock, I was complete and I was ready to push. I was actually laying on the bed like with my legs closed, shaking, like yelling, I really need to push. I really need to push. And the doctor wasn't in. They didn't have the delivery table set up. Like, I don't think they anticipated me to go that fast. And then the doctor came in. It was not actually my doctor. It was, um, I had, thank goodness, I had seen her before, though, for one of my appointments. So I knew who she was. And uh, she came in and I pushed for about 20 minutes. Pushing was hard um, because I was so afraid of pooping. And it held me back mentally. And so I would get to the point where I feel like I would make, I could have made progress and then I would hold back. And I wish someone would have just told me, you've already pooped. Like, just let it go, you know, just get in there. Um, so finally, I had a moment, like a talk with myself of like, hey, we're just going to have to like do this. It just, and sure enough, with that push, I felt the ring of fire and then she was out and she was here. And um, so she was born at 7.21 p.m. And um, I did have a second degree tear. But other than that, other than that tear, I think recovery went pretty well, too. So, yeah, that's amazing. The pooping wall in labor and pushing, totally valid. It is probably one of the most common fears associated with labor and pushing that people call us and they're like, can I do an enema? And I'm like, I mean, you can. <laughs> will it do anything for you? No, it might. You will, might still poop during labor. So it's funny that you say that because I do sometimes notice, like you can tell when people are holding back when they're pushing because it's like the baby will like move and then all of a sudden like will move backwards while you're still pushing. And I'm like, are you afraid to poop? Yeah. But like, I'll never admit when somebody poops because. And they did it. And the nurses, my goodness, the nurses were so good to me. Actually, the whole triage team came in and was like, I can't believe you did it. You did it. Good job. Because when they heard that it was my first baby and I wanted to go unmedicated, they were like, OK. Yeah. Which is sad that that's like the first thing that people think of, like, oh, you want an unmedicated birth? Okay, just wait. Yeah. But instead of being like, oh, you got this, like, you're going to do amazing. Like, it's sad that that's yeah. the first thing we think of. But afterwards, and I asked, did I poop? And one of the nurses was like, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Honestly, the nurses were so on top of it. Clean, like, they, you wouldn't have even known like, even my husband was standing right next to me and had no idea. My sister. Yeah. They're, we're ninjas. We're ninja butt wipers. Y'all are. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's a great thing to have that kind of team. Yeah. My name's Laura, and I'm a mother of two. I feel very fortunate to say that I was educated, prepared, and empowered going into both of my pregnancies, labors, and deliveries, and that is entirely thanks to Mama Stay Fit's childbirth education course. Over the span of a few hours with Gina and Roxanne, my partner and I learned an insane amount about what was happening in my body during pregnancy, what to expect during the stages of labor, how to advocate for my birth preferences, and how to be prepared for the myriad of potential scenarios we might face during labor and delivery. We took Mama Stay Fit's course before we took the mandatory hospital course, and we actually impressed the instructor of the hospital course with the list of questions and clarifications we were able to bring to our birth location, thanks to what we had learned from Gina's course. 
I was able to feel mentally and emotionally prepared for two of the most significant life events I have ever experienced, which made all the difference in those journeys for me. I feel very strongly that all birthing people and their support teams can and will benefit from the thorough, non-divisive information that this course has to offer. Whether you're a first-time parent or an experienced birther looking to brush up on what to expect or maybe prepare for a different, better birthing experience this time, do yourself a favor and enroll in the Mama Stay Fit Childbirth Education course today. So you did end up having a quicker labor once you like past early labors. So I almost wonder if like your mom and sister had quick labors, if they just were in denial their entire early portion, because they were so busy with other things that it potentially like, until it got real, like they were like, what if this isn't labor? Like this is nothing. Yeah. I think my mom told the story of my labor. She tells my, my labor story every year for my birthday. <laughs> oh, I love that. But she always talked about, and I loved when I was pregnant hearing it because she always talks about, yeah, I got in the shower and I shaved my legs. And I'm like, while you're in, because I'm envisioning like movie theater yeah, like, or like movie labor. Like people like screaming. Right. And I'm like, what do you mean? And then whenever I went into early labor, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. The contractions are so easy and you just hang out and party until the yeah. real stuff. Yeah. It's like people bake cakes and cookies during early labor. Yeah. So, yeah, totally can totally can see it. But yeah, your labor went real fast from uh, four centimeters to a baby. But in reflection, what were some really positive aspects of your birth? I do think that the team at the hospital, I think my main concern during pregnancy was that I was going to get kickback for some of the choices that I made. But I wrote out my birth plan ahead of time. I gave it to all of the nurses. I also brought all the nurses gifts, which I think might have been a little helpful. But... The whole team was just so pro-autonomy. They were just so supportive of my decisions and they were going to do whatever they could just to make sure that I had the birth experience that I wanted. So I think that was a really positive experience. I think watching my husband as my birth partner was really cool. He really didn't know what was going on, but he just kept going, you're doing so great. You're doing so great. Aww. And I was really scared he was going to ask me a bunch of stupid questions while I was in labor. So I told him he wasn't allowed to ask questions. Um, and he didn't. He did so good. So I think just being able to go into it with the knowledge of knowing what I want, knowing what could potentially happen and knowing that I'd already made all of the decisions, just having that knowledge, like... It was so empowering and it made the whole experience my, my dream birth. I mean, it really was. Yeah. I know. I know. I feel incredibly blessed. Which not many get for their first babies. Yeah. So did you choose your hospital based off of like feedback from like other people that they were really supportive of autonomy and kind of like honored people's wishes or is it just really the only hospital and they just happened to be really great. We're pretty close to the city. So we had plenty of choices. It just happened to be the hospital that my doctor delivered at. I had a terrible experience with a miscarriage before this pregnancy. So I had just switched doctors and I just happened to find a doctor that I was comfortable with, with this pregnancy. So I asked all of the right questions during the pregnancy to kind of like feel out like, hey, how much control do I have in this whole scenario? And all of her answers were always positive in like, 
it's your choice. You do whatever you feel the most comfortable with. We do allow this. We don't allow that Yeah, kind of thing. So I knew going in that I was going to have a lot of control. That's awesome because I know that that's like the biggest advice that a lot of people get is ask the questions early on because then you have time to transfer care if this person is not supportive of what you're wanting but not everybody asks the questions until they're like 36 weeks. And then it's a little harder to find a provider who will take you at 36 weeks. That's great. That's great that you did that. Is there anything that you wish you would have done differently or wish you might've like known more about beforehand going into labor? I think the only thing in my entire labor experience, there were two things really. The Pitocin to birth the placenta, I wasn't really aware I knew that they, they, I mean, they gave me an IV, so I knew that, but I was under the assumption they only gave me the IV line in case they would need it. I didn't realize they were actually going to use it to give me Pitocin. And gosh, the cramps that came after that were really not fun. So I don't know. I would probably just discuss that with my doctor more next time. I'm actually hoping to have a home birth next time. So okay, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But, and I think the other thing was my pushing position. So... I felt the urge to push so strongly and they had nothing set up to the point that when the doctor came and she was like, so when your birth plan, you know, what position did you? And I was like this right here, right now, like just get me out. So I stayed on my back and despite knowing that the coaching that they were giving me wasn't optimal, I did it because I was just so in that, you know, space of ready to push and ready to go. Yeah. And so I think next time I would probably warn them. I had a really fast labor. I just want to be more prepared this time. (laughs) Um, If I don't end up having a home birth, yeah, I would would definitely just make it a point to try and get into a more optimal position for pushing. Yeah, definitely like the fetal ejection reflex when it comes on. Sometimes you're like, I am going to do this in this position. Like Gina really likes laying down when she's pushing because it is like super overwhelming. Um, for a lot of people and especially for someone who had a precipitous labor. So precipitous labor is like kind of first contraction to babies born is like three to four hours. Obviously your first contraction was not three to four hours, but like you went through that transition of active labor, like real contractions to a baby fairly quickly that it can make pushing almost like more overwhelming. So that's definitely a common, common feeling. And especially like first time babies, uh, like nurses, like I totally got like they weren't going to like set up the table because they were going to like take their time. And then (laughs) the rush because nobody was there, like it's stressful for them too, not just you, but. I know I felt bad because my sister, my sister kind of acted as my doula-ish. Like she was just there to kind of make sure that all of my decisions were, you know, followed through and all that. And um I remember her standing next to the bed and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to push. I have to push. And she screamed. (laughs) Oh, but that's awesome. Did you know that you always wanted to have your mom and sister at your birth or did it just kind of work out that way? Oh, yeah. My mom and my sister and I are very close. Uh, We always have been. And well, my sister and I haven't always been close. We're four years apart, so it took us to our 20s. But yeah, from the beginning of the pregnancy, I just knew. And I was so grateful that they allowed 
more than one person. I was really nervous about that. But my husband, my mom and my sister all got to be in the room the whole time. And that was really, really special. Yeah, we both Gina and I, obviously Gina and I have been at all of each other's births, but our mom has also been at every single one of our births. And I cannot imagine having a baby without her there. So I love when other people have like family members and like choose to have those family members there to support them as well as their spouse and partner. So I love, I love that you also did that. Do you have any advice for others in like a similar situation or that you'd give to yourself if you could go back to like the beginning of your pregnancy? Yeah. Move your body. Move your body the whole time. Well, I mean, obviously the first trimester is super rough (laughs) fatigue wise and stuff, but I think a lot of my pelvic pain could have been mitigated a little bit if I would have been like, I I definitely used y'all's third trimester prenatal workout. And that I think it was on the days that I did those workouts that my pelvic pain was the least, but it's counterintuitive sometimes, right? You think like, oh, it hurts so bad. I can't move. But then you move and you're like, oh, it doesn't hurt so bad. So I think, you know, just making an effort to do that. But yeah, like you said, ask the questions early, knowing what was happening to my body and knowing I had this one moment in the only sentence I muttered during my entire active labor was, I don't think I can do this. And I knew as soon as it came out of my mouth that I was in transition and that I was so close to meeting my daughter, it came out anyway. But because you do feel this intensity of like, Will these contractions ever stop? Am I going to live here forever? But having the knowledge of like, I said those words and then went, oh, wow, I'm already there. That's crazy. So just having the knowledge of the way that labor works and how what your body is doing and kind of having those signs of where you are in labor without having to get external validation from that was really empowering. And just knowing that gave me the confidence to keep going. Um, not that I would have had a time for time for an epidural anyway. By that point. Yeah, I was way too far in. But yeah, I think those, I think that would be, I think that would be my advice. No, I think that that's totally amazing advice because a lot of people are, I feel like are very fearful of labor, but it's also like, it's a lot of it is that you you fear the unknown. So by knowing what the unknown is, it takes a little bit of that fear away. And it's super awesome when we hear people being like, yeah, I was in labor and then I started doing this or I noticed this. And then I was like, I remember in the course, you taught me that this means like, oh, that I'm in transition or like, oh, I my baby is moving down into my pelvis, which was like so cool that you can like pull that from your brain in the middle of labor. Um, and a lot of people ask, hey, how am I gonna how the heck am I gonna remember this in labor? But you do. It's like the human mind and the body is just amazing at like recall, which is so cool. Yeah. Needed it. Yeah. And then this is just my last question. So I know you, your mom, and your sister had those precipitous labors. Did you do anything in preparation to know that you might have like a quicker labor and like how to mentally cope with a quicker labor? No, I actually was kind of in denial that I was going to have a quicker labor because I would rather have prepared myself for a longer labor knowing I wanted to be unmedicated. Like when I had when I started having contractions, I was like, this is going to be we're going to be here all day. And then when they started kicking in, I was like, "Uh oh, 
<laughs> Maybe this is going to go faster. So, yeah, I mean, like my mom and my sister never had labors over six hours. So I was hoping that that was going to get passed down genetically. I didn't prepare for it because I was too scared to get disappointed if it didn't happen. Because really, who wouldn't want a quick paper? <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. So I know that like with precipitous labor again, because it's a normal labor, which can be like 12, 24 hours, whatever, just condensed in a short period of time. It's very overwhelming for a lot of people. So I know like if they had it with their first then like subsequent births, they might do like some more like hypnobirthing or like meditation or like ways to like cope with that overwhelming kind of labor. It kind of sounds like you still got that early portion of labor. So you kind of got eased in. So it wasn't super, super bad. But uh, I was just curious if you like prepared because I know friends that have had precipitous labors, like their entire family had precipitous labors and they're like, I'm going to be in labor for like a second and then they had like 40 hour labors and they were not prepared for that so that's probably a good idea to prepare for both yeah and that was Gina also her first she thought our mom told us that her labors were really fast they are not fast she has normal ass labors (laughs) but she's like in denial for the entire beginning portion of it so then Gina was like I'm gonna have a really fast labor because she did and 24 hours into her labor she was like f this Oh, no. It's supposed to be done by now. Yeah, I can't imagine just having to wait. Because, I mean, by that time, at the end of the pregnancy, you're already like, please just let me meet my baby. I just want to meet my baby, you know? And so to have to go through that for, man, that's intense. Well, thank you so much for sharing your birth story, Chelsea. I loved hearing it. Even as quick as it was, I'm sure it still sounds like it was an empowering and amazing experience. And you're supported by your hospital and your provider staff so well. I hope this for everyone that is listening to our podcast that they get this type of birth. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So one of my favorite parts about Chelsea's birth is that she had her mom and sister in her birth, which obviously Gina and I both chose. And I feel very lucky that I was able to have both my sister, my mom, and my husband at my births. I know the timing really worked out, I think, for every birth for us to be an active part. For my first birth, we thought Roxanne was not going to make it in time, which is why we hired or why I hired a doula. And then she still managed to show up. And it was a huge party. I mean, it was a mutual decision. (laughs) And then for your first birth, I was obviously there for forcing Roxanne to get into the car. If you're not familiar with our birth stories, please check out the first episodes of the podcast. For my birth, initially COVID pandemic, no idea who's going to be able to be in the room. I was going to be there regardless because I worked at that hospital. I would have snuck in. The biggest reason why I switched to home birth besides not really know what was going on was I wanted my birth photographer and my mom and my sister and my husband. And so I was like, we're switching to home birth so that I can have all my my posse there. For Roxanne's second birth, we were all nervous that she was going to go super early, which is not common. So for those of you, I don't know where we will be. Always fearful that we'll deliver early, but we never do. But also we, my mom was originally just going to watch the children, but Gina's husband was able to come out to California and I happened to go into labor while he was there. So my mom was still able to be at the birth along with Gina and my husband. He actually got, he he stayed extra. He was supposed to already be gone by the time you went into labor. He was supposed to leave the next day. Oh, yeah. But then he did extend. 
good. Oh, yeah. So he stayed extra. But luckily, you went on time so that he was able to be there. So my husband actually hung out with the three kids while everyone else went to the birth. And I think everyone was just sleeping. They were all asleep until Yeah, already. they were all sleeping, so it was whatever. <laughs> and then my most recent birth, obviously, we were also afraid that Roxanne yeah. was going to miss it, that I was somehow going to go super early. I was on a trip in Yosemite where if you've never been, there's not a lot of cell phone service out there. Um, and Gina was like, oh, I'm going to have a baby. So I was 41 and 3 when I had a baby. So spoiler alert, we were, we do 37 not, weeks when I was in Yosemite. We do not go early. We do not she go did not early. have her baby. But it was it. still really nice. I had nice. to extend my trip. <laughs> she did. I, I went so long that she had to extend her I trip. I had to change my flights. But it was still really nice to be able to have each other at I our can't birth. imagine my birth story without Gina, my mom, and my husband there. Yeah. It would not have been the same. Same for me, minus Roxanne's husband, but my husband instead. <laughs> <laughs> Replace my husband with Gina's husband. But so choosing who's going to be at your birth is really important. Ensuring that it's somebody that you like want to be there. Obviously, we're really excited about having each other there and having our mom there. Um, but it means a lot for us to be able to have like our chosen intimate birth team available. And we've been very fortunate that we have been at all of each other's births. Um, so... Fingers crossed that I'm also there at Joan's birth. If she's not there, something went wrong. Yeah, so you probably already heard whether or not I'm there by the time this episode airs, but thank you so much for listening to the Mama Stay Fit podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please like, subscribe to us. Share with all your friends. Let everyone know that you love this episode. That's how we continue to grow. We release new episodes every Wednesday and then new birth stories every Friday. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll catch you next time.